Gentlemen, the service leader will be with us in a few moments. Uh, he's just getting people from outside. Just getting people inside the building. That's our scripted banter.
Good morning. Wow, that's so loud. Hi, welcome everyone. I tried to get the people outside to come inside, but it's such a beautiful day that they are taking their sweet time. Um, welcome to the 1048 service. My name's John, uh, and I just, uh, just go to church here. Um, Claire, our children's minister, is going to be speaking to us later. We've been looking at a load of different things that perhaps as a church we might feel apathetic about. Hopefully we don't. So we've looked at the Bible, we've looked at worship. Um, today we're going to look at prayer. Um, but prayer is a tricky thing because, I, I don't know about you, but sometimes we pray and we're not sure that God is, is hearing us. Um, so I'm just going to turn my microphone off. Um, Yes. I just wanted to get rid of those two. No, the point is that we we sometimes are not sure if God is listening to us. We pray, we try and speak to him and we're not sure. Is he is he listening? Are they just chatting to them? Is God busy with his mates? Uh, and not listening to me anymore, we're not quite sure whether God is listening to us sometimes. But we want to explore that this morning and say that God is here with us. He is listening. Um, we're just going to do some call and response. So left-hand side, so this is from like communion. You guys are going to say, the Lord is here. Can you guys say that now? The Lord is here. And you guys on the right are going to say, his spirit is with us. Go now much louder. Come on this side. Okay. Ready? Here we go. That's pretty good. Yeah, we could keep going, but we're going to keep going on this one. Okay. This time, this time really quiet, whispering. Go. Amazing. Right, last time, but as loud as you possibly can. Teenagers, you're going to absolutely nail this. Here we go. <laughs> Genuinely think you two were louder than the whole of that half. That was amazing. Let's, let's pray. Let's pray. You can do it however you like. You can shut your eyes. You can put your hands like this. It doesn't matter. God is here and he is listening. Father God, thank you for being here with us this morning. Thank you for your presence that goes before us and is with us. We pray that you would be with us this morning and speak to us as we speak to you. Lord, open our ears to hear from you and help us to be excited about that, to be excited about prayer and all that you have for us this morning. Amen. Right, we're going to sing now, so um, the worship team's going to come. Why don't you guys stand up? Amazing. Over to you, Dan. Morning, everybody. Morning, everybody. Hey, there we go. It's becoming a bit like a pantomime this morning. Just say Sorry. the Lord, just say. <laughs> the Lord is... Shall we sing? Thank you. 
Thursday. Do take a seat, and we're going to um, have some notices. things you need to know about uh, the summer. Uh, during the summer uh, we're going to continue to have two services. I know sometimes in the past uh, we've joined together and just had one service um, during the summer. We're going to try and keep those two services running um, so do keep coming along um, knowing that it is good to meet together um, throughout the summer. Uh, during the 1045 service throughout the summer there will be some children's provision still not a full program, but children under 11 or 11 and under will have something to do, particularly during the sermon, if, uh, if they want to go out during that. Our series this summer that we'll be looking at is called Songs for Life. I'm really excited about it. We're going to be looking at different psalms, see what they tell us about different seasons of life. We'll be thinking about joy, worry, sadness, hope, partying, uh, taking a different psalm each week through August. A reminder to anyone who is a young person or has young people in their family, there's a great youth program throughout the summer. Do check out the details on the website, sign up, uh, email Stu for any further details. Um, so look forward to seeing you in church as we don't give up meeting together as church family this summer. See you soon. Amazing. Um, our children and young people are going to go out to their groups in a second, but haha, we're going to pray for you. So if you are close to someone who is very small, you could like not freak them out, but you could sort of look at them or uh, pray for them uh, just now. God, we thank you for our children and our young people. We thank you for the gift that they are to us. We pray that they will have an awesome time at their groups this morning, that they would experience you, they would learn more about you, and have great fellowship together. Amen. Amen. Fantastic. Go out through the main door if you are a small person or a youth. Um, we do need one person to help with crash, which is out through here, so don't all get up. But if one person wants to sort of uh, nip over to crash, that would be super, super helpful. Amazing. Have a great time, all of you guys. Amazing. Uh, and now we're going to have our congregational catch-up with Katie. Hi, welcome to Katie the Curate's Congregational Catch-Up. And this week we have Sam. Hi, Sam. Good morning. Good morning. Um, so, Sam, you haven't been with us for that long. It feels like you've got really stuck in. It's been great to have you. Um, tell us a bit about who you are and um, where you've come from and what you've been up to. Okay, I'm Sam. Um, I'm from Jersey and I'm currently over in Bath. I've been in Bath since the beginning of May. Um, and very quickly joined uh, Holy Trinity, um, which has been great to find so early on. 
and I've been here working with a local charity called Ripple Effect. And for some of you who may not be aware, it used to be called Send the Cow until recently um, and has changed its name. And yeah, so I'm working with the charity doing an internship basically through Jersey Overseas Aid, which is a donor of Ripple Effect. So I am, yeah, in Bath with the charity, um, working in lots of different programs and teams here um, before I'll be heading out with them to Africa in September. Wonderful. So tell us what you're going to be doing in Africa. So, yeah, I'll be moving um, out to Rwanda in, at the start of September and I'll be working in Ripple Effects country office there for three months, um, working with the programs and program funding teams and also assisting with um, monitoring visits of some of the projects, which will be really exciting. And then I'll be moving to Kenya in December and spending some time in Ripple Effects new Africa hub, um, which is based in Nairobi, which will be exciting um, for a few weeks. And then in the new year, I'll be moving to Western Kenya um, to a town called Kakamega. And there I'll be doing similar activities to as I was doing in Rwanda, which will involve um, visiting some of the projects and also working with the program team in the office there. How can we be praying for you, Sam? We'd love to pray for you. Uh, yeah, that'd be greatly appreciated. Um, at the moment, I'm trying to get visas and find accommodation out there, um, all the sort of logistical tasks. So currently prayer for that would be great. But then also as I get closer to the time, prayer for safe travel um, and yeah, travel around Africa, safety and also um, yeah, that I managed to adapt to life out there very quickly. We'll certainly be praying. Thank you so much, Sam. Um, we'll see you again soon. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. Okay, shall we pray? Lord, we worship you. Quiet our restless hearts as we come to you now. Creator God, we see you on land and sea, in every season and every weather. We marvel when we see you in everything that grows or moves or makes a sound. You are beyond our comprehension, and yet you bother and delight to know every little thing that bothers or delights us. Sharpen our senses so that when we ask you to be near us and those we think of and love, we see that you are there, holding us up, walking beside us, guiding our steps. We worship you. We ask you to help us. We ask you to intervene for us personally, nationally and internationally. Nothing is outside of your ability. Our nation needs your help, Lord. We lift to you our government, our health service, our armed forces, our economic stability. Father God, we pray for the future of this nation. We are technologically greatly advanced over the last 50 years. However, our seemingly post-Christian society is in spiritual decline. Lord, we pray that your word will once again be heard in public life and in our schools. As the Prime Minister recently reminded us, all flesh is like grass, 
But Lord, we thank you that the Apostle Peter goes on to remind us that we are born anew, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and abiding word of God. The grass withers and the flower falls, but the word of the Lord abides forever. Lord, we praise you that your word is steadfast and true. It brings us the good news that we are each and every one your beloved children, and it is your desire that everyone should spend the rest of eternity in your kingdom, praising and worshipping you, our gracious and loving Heavenly Father. Our world needs your help, Lord. Hunger, discord and unrest is touching every nation. We are sorry for our part in this. When we are unforgiving, argumentative, bitter or ungenerous, disrespectful to each other and the earth we live on, we ask for your forgiveness. Remind us, Lord, that we are made in your image and encourage us as we live, trying to make a difference, being true to you in all we do and say. You have given everything for us so that we can know you. You, Lord, are the everlasting God. We worship you. Two Corinthians chapter three says, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Um, we're gonna have some time now where you are free to, to express yourself, to speak to God, but the worship team are gonna lead us in a few songs, but let's use that to experience the freedom that God has given us through what he did uh, on the cross. Shall we stand?
in the silence. Why don't we speak to God? Express how you feel. Thank you for the freedom, God. Maybe we're happy, maybe we're content. Maybe we're tired, maybe we're frustrated, maybe we're apathetic, but in this moment, speak to God. He wants to hear from you. says the Lord is righteous in all his ways and faithful in all he does. And it says the Lord is near to all who call on him. And that's all. And maybe you're still feeling that, you know, you're like Ketty and Ed out the front gate this morning and couldn't, God, God couldn't hear you or God can't hear you. Claire speaks to us that if that is you, speak to someone this morning. We're all brothers and sisters here. If you feel that the Lord is still far away and won't listen when you call. Yeah, as we as we hear the reading, as we, we hear from Claire, do you think on that? There'll be, there'll be people to pray at the end of the service as well. Dear God. Thank you that you are here with us. Thank you for never leaving and forsaking us. Continue to change and mold us this morning as we listen to your word and you speak through Claire. Thank you for Claire, for all the gifts you have given her and grown in her. We thank you so much for the work that you do through her and her team with our children. Bless her as she speaks to us. Amen. Do you have a seat in Coralie's going to give us a reading? Uh, the reading is from Luke chapter 11, verse 1 to 13. And it 
it's on page 1042 in the Bibles. One day, Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. He said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, but we also forgive everyone who sins against us. And lead us not into temptation. Then Jesus said to them, Suppose you have a friend, and you go to him at midnight and say, Friends, let me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine on a journey has come to me, and I have no food to offer him. And suppose the one inside answers, Don't bother me. The door is already locked, and my children and I are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you, fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Give us what we need for today. Please forgive anything I say that is not of you, as I will forgive those who afterwards tell me what I said was wrong. <laughs> and let us not fall into any temptations along the way. Amen. So, we're on um, the fourth in our series of flipping things over, of moving ourselves from apathy to inspiration. We've looked at church, we've looked at worship, we've looked at the Bible, and today we are looking at prayer. I wonder, how is your prayer life right now? Does it need a boost? Are you stuck in a rut? Has it been squeezed out of the schedule as the busyness of post-pandemic life has returned? Is it easier to pray in lockdown? Was it easier to pray behind a face mask when no one could see? Um, or do you hear the news or talk to a friend and, you know, just, just overwhelmed at the need that you hear or you see and you don't really know where to begin in prayer? Or do you wonder, why bother? If God knows everything anyway, he doesn't need to hear from me. Or maybe 
You've had some seemingly unanswered prayers, and so you've just stopped bothering to pray. Now, I had a look at my bookshelf on the topic of prayer, and there were a few things. There was two volumes I really like, The Little Book of Prayer Experiments, I can recommend that one, it's a chemistry teacher, and um, The Celtic Night Prayer, I like to have when we're dead. Um, And Tim gave me a photograph of his bookshelf, and he lent me a really slim volume. I don't know what he thinks about my reading capabilities. Um, I had a look at his list, and um, on his books, there was one, How to Pray for People You Love, and there was a separate volume, How to Pray for Your Church. And I was a bit worried about that. Um, Anyway, there's a lot written about prayer. But today, I just want to dive in, as Sean would say, to our passage and see what Jesus has to say about prayer. Um, And I'll come back to a few little nuggets out of my book, maybe at the end. Um, So, we're on page 1042 of your Bibles, if you want to to look as I talk. So, the first thing to notice about today's passage is that at the beginning of it, Jesus was praying. He said he finished praying, and his disciples asked him. So, a big reason to prioritise prayer is Jesus prioritised prayer. The Gospels are littered with references to him praying, often taking himself away to quiet places to pray. Are we all right with the microphone? It's just standing in the middle, is it? You're all right with it? Okay, sorry. I don't know if he's signalling to me. No. Um, If it is important for Jesus to do it, it is really important for us to do it. Another encouragement from this opening verse is that the disciples, seeing how Jesus was praying, asked him to teach them how to do it the same. So there must have been something really distinctive in the way that Jesus was praying. Um, They would have been accustomed to prayer in the synagogues and in other places, but they saw something different in what Jesus was praying. So Jesus gives us a different way in. And the final encouragement um, from the start of the passage is they ask Jesus to teach them how to pray. So prayer can obviously be taught. There are different ways of doing it, and we can all learn something new about it. I find this really encouraging. So Jesus then teaches them what we now call the Lord's Prayer as a model for how we can all pray. And then he follows it up with two parables or stories to illustrate important aspects of that prayer. Now Luke's version of the Lord's Prayer is shorter than the version we get in Matthew chapter 6. Do have a go at spot the difference, that's fun. Um, But they have the same basic structure but none of them end, yours, Lord, is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever, amen. Okay, the church added that bit later, um, but hey. Right, now I have the joy of being invited into the school next door to deliver a workshop on prayer. I do it every other year. Um, and I teach it to Key Stage 1 with actions, and I'm going to do the actions as we go, which is why I've asked for this microphone. Um, and for Key Stage 2, I teach them it as a model prayer, and then I get them to write their own version. And some great stuff comes out of that. And I have learned a lot through doing that too. And I've learned that this prayer has at its heart some really deep truths about our relationship with God, the one that Jesus has won for us. Right, so the first thing to notice about the Lord's Prayer is the first half of it is all about God. It's not about us, it's all about God. I wonder if your prayers are like that, if you spend the first half talking about God. And the second half is about us. Um, It's important when we come to pray to start by being fully aware of God, who it is we are praying to. 
Now the revolutionary thing that Jesus did in this prayer was he didn't begin with almighty God, creator of the heavens, some enormous thing. He started with the word Abba, which is like saying dad, daddy. But Jesus was making it really clear that we are God's children and we can approach God as we would our father or our dad. Jesus' prayer is very relational, it's intimate. It is chance to talk to and hear from someone made us and who loves us very much. So in answer to the question, why pray, God knows everything anyway, um, the answer is, God loves to hear from you. Because like any member of your family loves to hear from you, God loves to hear from you. He loves your company. Imagine if someone you love has gone on a long journey. Now in these days, we can maybe find out where they've got to, we can track them on an app, but what you really want is the relationship with them, don't you? You want them to text you or speak to you, to tell you that they're okay, or that they're not okay, and, and you need to be praying for them, or sending them money or something. So it's the relationship that we long for, and in the same way, it's the relationship that God is longing for with us, and that is why we need to pray. Um, we pray... Yeah, the other thing about praying to God is it's not just a relationship with anybody, it's the relationship with the person who made us and loves us, and he knows us intimately, and it's just awesome. Right, you may have had a bad experience of an earthly father, or perhaps no experience of an earthly father. And then, addressing God as father, I realise can be difficult. That's not my experience, I've got a great dad, he's here, um, today. But people for whom that is difficult have said this. They have said that the difficulty is there's a tendency to project your bad experience of father onto God as you pray and it becomes difficult. So they've said, do it the other way around. Look at God, look at his nature and use that to understand what a good father should be like and is like in God. So we all need a good parent role model and our heavenly father, we have the best. Right, let's go through the next line then. Hallowed be your name. We go like this with the kids. Hallowed be your name. Now, hallowed be your name is a really old-fashioned term, and the only place that children can relate to it is from the word Halloween, which doesn't help. <laughs> it takes quite a bit of explaining. But by hallowed, or halo, I can tell them it's like a halo around his name. By hallowed, we are saying that God's name is really holy. It is to be respected above all others. Names are really powerful things, and if you're using someone's name in conversation, it's, it's great, isn't it? It catches their attention, it, it makes it more intimate. Here, we're establishing, by saying, hallowed be your name, the right attitude in our prayer, we're acknowledging the power of the one that we're talking to. Now, this happens in everyday life, and if you're talking to your doctor, because they've got the name doctor, you talk on a different level, don't you? You, you know who you're talking to, and you know what you can ask for and talk about and expect from that person. And it's the same with God. If we hallow his name, and I find it's useful sometimes to start prayer with different names of God. Remind me what I can ask for. So, light of the world. You know, I need some light in this place. It's dark down here, God. Good shepherd, the creator, the everlasting one, the healer, the provider. He's got lots of names. Use them in prayer to get you to the place where you know what you're talking about and who has the power to answer. So then we declare, your kingdom come. 
Now, this is such a useful phrase, your kingdom come, for really difficult situations. If you find yourself praying for something where you're really not sure what words to pray, um, and you can't really imagine how, how things will turn out right or good, but you are longing for something good and just to come out of the situation, then pray, God, thy kingdom come, thy kingdom come here, now, whatever that situation is. This phrase reminds us that we are children of the kingdom of God. And in the spiritual battlefield, we are on the side which has the ultimate victory. And we are declaring that we want that victory and we want it to come now. Give us today our daily bread. Now God wants to provide for your daily needs. But as I point out to the children, your daily needs are slightly different from your list of wants. Um, Okay, but he does want us to go and ask and to present him with our need so that he can provide for that need. Um, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. This asking for forgiveness and this willingness to forgive others is really key. I feel like it's the password that connects you to the Wi-Fi of prayer. We must be at willing, at willing to acknowledge that we fall short and to ask for God's grace. And be, we must be willing to offer forgiveness to others. It seems to be a currency of the kingdom, the giving and receiving of forgiveness. And Joe Sidders in his preach on worship mentioned a similar thing. He said that we must acknowledge our sin and our need of forgiveness. It's a key attitude to coming into the heart of true worship. Now, lead us not into temptation. Now, this phrase was actually changed by the Pope in June 2019 for use in the Catholic Church. He felt that it was a poor translation, the English translation of that phrase, because by saying lead us not into temptation, it suggested that God might be capable of leading us into temptation, and that's not his place. Um, that's the work of Satan. So he thought a better translation was let us not fall into temptation, okay? Let us not fall into temptation. And so that's the phrase I teach the children, because I feel it really helps them get the very best understanding of our God and how good he is and how he protects and he never wants to lead us into danger. So from praying using the Lord's Prayer as a model, we have already seen that it is a prayer that connects us to a loving Father whose name is holy and powerful. He's capable of delivering on our daily needs. He can refresh our relationships by providing us with forgiveness and forgiveness of others. And he's also our spiritual sat-nav and will protect our path from the pitfall of temptation. So what's not to love? What's not to love? Why are we not praying? Okay. Well, Jesus must have known we'd still struggle because he gave us two little stories to give us a bit more help. So the first story I found the hardest to understand in our modern culture was I cannot imagine going to knock on a friend's door in the middle of the night to ask for bread for an unexpected guest. I just can't imagine doing it. But in Jesus' time, people lived in a close community where hospitality was really prized and practiced. And providing for a guest, however unexpected, was a matter of honour, not just to your household, but to the community. So here, we see God as the friend asleep in his house, and at first he's rejecting a request, 
But then, great phrase, because of our shameless audacity, or in some translations, our persistence, um, the friend or God relents and gets up and provides. Now from this story, we can see that God can be disturbed at any hour and with a need that is important to us or to our guests or those in our community. It doesn't matter how ill-prepared we were for whatever's happened um, or, you know, we haven't got the bread. It doesn't matter. It's okay to go and wake God up and to ask for his help in that moment. You know, that emergency WhatsApp text, the car's broken down or whatever's happened. I need you, I need you now. I'm sorry I didn't take it for a service. Whatever, you can go. So um, you can wake him up. You might need to be persistent, though. Um, But he will be disturbed, and he will get up. He will save you from shame. Just look what he did with his son, if you don't believe how good he is at saving you from shame. But you do have to ask. You have to get up. You have to go and ask for it. God is not like the modern helicopter parent that we read about who flies in to save the day with their child unexpectedly and uncalled upon by the child to sort the problem out. God's not like that. God is waiting for you to go to him and recognise your need for him. Um, Jesus emphasises this need for us to act with the words that follow in that story, the really famous words. Ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it will be given unto you. That's three active words in a row. That's our part. But each action is assured of success. Our prayers will be answered, but we have to get up and do it. Perhaps we need to do it in a different way, sometimes with words, sometimes with our eyes looking for answers, sometimes with our actions. And we'll come back to different ways at the end. However, we are assured that our prayers will be answered. But that can be hard to hear if you've had prayers that you feel have not been answered. I find God has three ways of answering a prayer, rather like I do to my boys. When they ask me for something, they're likely to get yes, no, or in a minute. And just as my minutes can be quite variable in length, I find so can God's. Now, one of the surprise findings when we were moving furniture around for our build, which we've been doing a lot recently, although it's almost done, um, was a small red notebook. It was really dusty and it was behind a piece of furniture that we hadn't moved in over 10 years. And it was a record of things our home group had been praying for between about 2004 and 2012. And it was really amazing to open it and to read what was written there. And to see, with the benefit of 10 years, how God had answered those prayers. Many of those prayers we had prayed and we thought were unheard, um, or we hadn't seen the answers at the time. But looking back, God had been at work, and it was amazing to see. Now, finally, the illustration that Jesus gives us is that of a father and how um, even earthly fathers, who are wicked, he points out, you know how to give good gifts to your children. So how much more does God, your father, who is holy and good, know how to give you good things? And the best gift you can ask for is to receive his Holy Spirit, part of God himself, a powerful part. God is good, praying is powerful, and it releases to you the gift of the Holy Spirit. So if you're still not sure why to do it, there's a free gift involved. 
Now, in Thankful Thursdays, we have been looking at the fruit of that Spirit, the Holy Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, kindness, and self-control. This fruit changes lives. And you need at least five fruit of the Spirit a day, so pray. Um, Today's passage doesn't elaborate on more of what that gift of the Holy Spirit does. But I find it is through the Holy Spirit that we hear from God. With the children, um, when I'm trying to teach them to pray, we do something called chat and catch. So I encourage them to chat to God, and I give them little prompts. You know, tell God about your day, tell him your favourite colour, tell him what happened in the football match, tell him the difficult bits of your day. And then I ask them to ask God questions. What game would God like to play with you today? Um, How much does God love you? Ask him to show you. And then we wait. And we wait, and I tell them to catch. What can they catch from God? Because God speaks in different ways. Sometimes it's a a word, sometimes it's a picture in their imagination, a feeling, sometimes it's something someone else says or something they see somewhere else, or a Bible verse that just shouts out to them, and that's how you catch from God. So the relationship of prayer is two-way. Oh, by the way, they do catch some amazing things. I haven't said that, but they do. The relationship is prayer is two-way, and God speaks back through his Holy Spirit, but be ready to catch from him. Why, then, aren't we praying all the time? We've said how amazing it is. It has so much to offer us. It can equip us. It can empower us. It can make life so much more bearable and so much more fruitful. Well, the truth is we get bored, we get busy, and we begin to doubt its power. Now, that's because we are in a spiritual battle And the enemy does not want us to pray. He does not want us praying not to fall into his pitfalls of temptation. He does not want us full of the Holy Spirit. God's kingdom might actually come if we were praying for it more. And the devil does not want that. So we must prioritize prayer. It is our most powerful weapon on the spiritual battlefield. So, ways to get you back on track with prayer. And that's where the books come in, what to do with them. Some of my books, particularly my prayer experiment book, comes in. Um, But also, here's some things you could try. Just like with a human relationship, things get a bit dull if you don't try something new and have a new shared experience. It's the same with God. So, I don't know, have you tried an app? I've got some pictures of some apps, possibly. Doesn't matter if I haven't. There we are. So, Lectio 365 is an app you can have on your phone, and they have morning and evening prayers every day that you can read along or listen to. And the evening prayer one is so lovely to fall asleep to. They just, it's so lovely. Um, So, give that a go. Pray as you go is another one that is based on the Ignatius tradition, and it's a little bit more on the Catholic side of things, but it's still very beautiful, and I find it a really powerful way of getting into Scripture using your imagination to let God um, show you things to hear from God. So I'd recommend either of those. Um, Also, have a searchable Bible on your phone. I've got the U version on mine. Because um, if you get a word from God, it's great to be able to find a way of searching the Bible quickly to see more of what that might mean. And I don't know my Bible brilliantly, but apps are great for that. Um, Also, try some old ways to pray. Dare I even suggest some ancient ways to pray. Liturgy can help. I know we don't like it at 10.45, but it can help. Um, There are some utterly beautiful prayers, dare I say it, in the Book of Common Prayer. 
written in 1662. Have a look. Make one of them your own. I love the light of our darkness, Lord, we pray, and defend us from all dangers and perils of this night. Um, also, even more ancient, Celtic prayer written in the 4th, 5th and 6th centuries, um, but made really accessible through the work of the Northumbrian community. We use the, the Celtic prayer at the morning prayer um, on, at 9 o'clock on Zoom, which is still happening on Mondays and Fridays at 9 o'clock. Um, Zoom in, it's good, there's a link on the website. Um, silent prayer is also to be recommended, says me, who can't stop talking. I have been on two silent retreats, and they're just amazing. Give it a go. When you shut up, God gets a word in, or even a few. Um, another idea is to make prayer physical. Um, we provide prayer spaces for the classrooms in the school. Why not have a prayer space at home? It doesn't have to be a whole room. It could be a notice board um, or a chair, just a prayer chair, somewhere you are going to commit to sitting in and praying. Maybe go on a walk. Make it an intentional prayer walk. Um, you know, God, I'm going for a walk with you. Speak to me through your natural world. He has made all those things for his children to enjoy. He will show you things you haven't seen before. Keep a prayer journal or a list um, because it will become for you a testimony of answered prayer, which can be so important to look back on, especially in the times when you feel God is saying no or God is saying wait a minute. Try not to lose your prayer record down the back of a piece of furniture for a decade. Um, why not pray with others? We are praying to our Father. He's not mine or yours, he's ours. So join together with others. A prayer triplet works great. You can normally get three of you together relatively regularly. Or join one of our prayer groups. The 7 a.m.ers on a Thursday morning, they are prayer warriors like no other. Why not give them a try if you happen to be awake early? Um, or the 9 o'clock Zoom I've mentioned. Or the second Sunday of the month, there is a Celtic evening prayer service at St. James's in South Stoke. They meet at 4 o'clock for a cup of tea and then they pray from 4.30 till 5.15. Everyone's welcome. However, if you've not already got it, my message to you today is pray more. God wants to hear from you. He has gifts to give you. You can approach him at any time of day or night with the needs of you or your guests. You don't have to have it all together to call on him. Prayer is a powerful weapon on the spiritual battlefield. Jesus prayed, and he's made a way for you to pray in the same way. So, my final slide, because I do like an acronym. Prioritise relationship with God. Answers will come, and you will be amazed. Thank you, Claire. So which one are you going to try as a challenge to you? There's so many <laughs> different things that you could change, but just change one thing. Maybe it's the place. Maybe it's how you do it. Maybe it's a journal. I, I just like the, the chat and catch thing. I know maybe that means I have a baby prayer life, but the, the chat and catch. Um, actually, maybe we'll have a little bit of music. Would that be right now? Um, we, we could maybe just try bit of chatting and catching um, where we've got time we can speak to God now um, chat to him and then listen and, and try and catch what he's saying to you Let's just spend some time now
do if you do catch anything um, and feel that it is it would be helpful to share that do come up and, and speak to Claire or I So first from 1 John 3 at the beginning, it says this. Uh, See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called the children of God, and that is what we are. Sometimes God speaks to us through nature, through things that happen. Um, I often have pictures, but this is not a picture, this is something that happened. Last night, I saw on that wall in our kitchen a small moth 
which was very beautiful, just white with black edging, very, very beautiful. And it just sat there. And this morning when I came down, it wasn't there. And I went to empty some washing up water out of, out of the bowl in the sink, and there was the moth on its back, lying there, and I thought, and we felt so sad, I thought it's dead. And as I watched, I thought, well, I'd just scoop it out with a teaspoon and throw it out. And I put the, soup, uh, the spoon underneath it, and as soon as I touched it, it actually started to move. So I picked it up, thought, well, I can rescue it. So I took it to the window, and I thought, if I could get it into the sun, it would dry out and live. And as I took it and put it through the windowsill, it turned on its back, and it was struggling, moving but struggling. So I put the spoon, and with several little movements, I actually got it out of the window. And I thought, if it can get into the sun, it will dry out and fly away. I didn't see it fly away, but it was still moving when it moved into the outside of the window. Now, I thought I thought that as a picture, really, because um, perhaps you might be in a state where you're perhaps lying on your back and you're feeling, I've prayed, but nothing's happening. The thing I'm praying for has gone dead. But in actual fact, um, we have Jesus, doesn't he? And he will, after a time, lift us out of that situation and perhaps put us, as it were, on the windowsill, where for a while we might struggle with the situation we're in. But after a while, if we can allow him, he will lift us and put us out of that window into the sunshine or the light of his love. And I believe that what he's doing with us, he will resurrect it and he, and he will answer. And I felt that that was really fitting this morning because he will answer our prayers, but it might be that we have a dead situation for a while and nothing seems to be happening. But I just want to encourage people this morning who might be waiting and hoping God will answer because he will. Can we have the Lord's Prayer up?
Um, I was working with a, a chap I've been witnessing to for a few years who runs a lorry repair business, and he was bemoaning the fact that he'd lost a spring which had pinged off. I thought, I've been here before. So I said to him, um, do you mind if we pray to look for your spring? So we prayed, and there it was. So it's not just coincidence. Encourage each other, challenge each other, pray together. Thank you, Mark. Let's pray to finish. God, thank you for being with us. Thank you for speaking to us. Thank you that we can chat to you and we can catch from you. Inspire us this week to try something new, different place with you, different experience with you, always with you. Thank you, God. Amen. Amen. Have a great week.